I think that if people are really looking to distinguish themselves, they don't need to worry so much about doing some weird trick or doing something snazzy on video or some wild outlandish viral thing. You don't have to do all that. You just have to serve well, serve with integrity. And even if it's just one person who shows up, give them your all and your best because that person will magnify by word of mouth and by their personal success into more wins. You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews Okome. So let's get started. Hey, hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today in the guest chair, we have Nicole Walters. Nicole has been on my radar for some time now, and I thought, what better way to kick off 2018 than with a woman who is redefining what entrepreneurship looks like and pushing the boundaries of entrepreneurship and also just redefining what it means to package your skills and services and make money on your own terms. By the age of 28, Nicole was a highly, highly paid executive at a Fortune 500 company managing multi-billion dollar accounts. But something just didn't feel right to her. She felt like her job, yes, it was paying the bills and feeding her family, but it wasn't feeding her soul. So after years of working on her side hustle, Nicole quit live on Periscope to focus on opening her own private business and product development consulting firm, The Monetized Life. Through her programs and consulting, Nicole shares secrets to earning passive income with other entrepreneurs, including in her popular online course, 1K, One Day. As Nicole says, she teaches people how to add commas to their bank accounts and learn that they don't have to trade time for money. I don't know about you, but I'm all ears for this one. So let's go learn from Nicole. Welcome to the guest chair, Nicole. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited about our time together. I am super excited as well. You know, I just read your bio, but would love for you to tell us in your own words, who is Nicole Walters and what does she do? Oh man, I hate to I hate to say it, but I'm a hot mess. That's usually where I start. I'm <laughs> an everyday person who happens to have an illustrious uh, corporate background, where I spent years monetizing everyday corporations and helping them uh, get more revenue and more clients, and do it in a way that serves them and the company's interest. And just a few years ago, I decided that I liked what I was doing, but I was serving the wrong people. So I quit my nine to five job and I did it in a big way, live in front of ten thousand people, and. I I decided to take these same skills and help the everyday entrepreneur live and profit in their purpose. I love that. Talk about having your, you know, who am I down pat? <laughs> oh, yeah, barely. I mean, it's it's constantly changing. I mean, it, it, on some days, if I'm scrolling through Instagram enough, I'm the person who's not as skinny as Beyonce and has work to do. <laughs> on other days, you know, on other days, I'm the person who's still trying to figure out how to parent and get their kids to school without being a hot mess, you know, so it changes. But yeah. that's business bio definition. <laughs> okay. And I think that's what, you know, we and most people who follow you appreciate about you. So let's take it back a little bit. So you started out as a blogger with Natural Nicole, yes. and that's how mm -hmm. many people knew you. When did you realize you could help people and start teaching what you knew about business? So I think that uh, where it started was when you're in the blog space. I mean, a lot of my friends were top bloggers with huge followings and they would come to me, you know, whether it was at a blog event or offline and they would say, hey, Nicole, you know, 
you're kind of like the rookie of the year. You came out of nowhere and you're getting these great gigs, these great opportunities. You're working with these brands and you're monetized. How are you doing it? And, you know, I'd give them a couple of quick tweaks to their brand, to their business. I would give them some income generating strategies. They'd apply them and see a return on that investment. And then they were so surprised that it it was happening. They didn't understand why this hadn't happened to them before. And so um, it was exciting because I got to see these people thrive and and get results that they'd never seen before. And it, I realized, oh my gosh, I can make anybody money. I was just working for the corporate bigwigs when I really should be working for people like me. So what kind of things were you helping them do? Like what kind of strategies did they not have? Advertising mechanisms on their site? Are you talking about email list building? Oh, yeah. I mean, it it depends. Obviously, everybody's doing different things. And it's also about how you want to work and live in your purpose. But just some of the business foundations, a lot of people didn't set up their core fundamentals, some of which are as simple as setting up a method to ask people for money and giving them a place to go. So you'll have, you know, bloggers and Instagram celebs or influencers that will have these huge brands and massive followings. But the only way they've ever really asked for money was by way of of another brand. So they'll ask for money for the likes of, you know, corporation that I used to work for, you know, one of these big businesses, but they never ask for money for themselves. And people are clicking follow and liking you because they have the relationship with you. And a lot of bloggers get into the mindset of that the only way they can, you know, be profitable is if they leverage their likes for someone else. When in reality, people want to give their money to you. You just have to show them where to put it. Preach, preach, preach. You know, I love that you say that because, you know, coming out on my own as an entrepreneur, you definitely have to always be thinking about, am I how am I selling myself and my own services rather than I'm going to take this check from someone else to advertise their brand, you know? Yes, absolutely. So I read that in the first three weeks of actually packaging your knowledge, or maybe this was just your first like big program launch. Correct me, you know, on this, but you made 11,000 out of the gate. Talk to us about that. Yeah, absolutely. So it wasn't actually a program launch. Uh, What it was was a simple, tiny product that I made to show people how to build up a small affiliate network through Amazon. So just showing people how to simply get paid for giving recommendations on products that they loved. And it was something that anyone could do. And I turned this into a very quick video and it was only $12.99. And so I was telling people, you know, hey, this is what I'm doing. And I was teaching online through live video and I would direct people to go, you know, purchase this if they wanted to learn more. And uh, through that, every single live broadcast I did, you know, I was making anywhere from $1,000 to $3,000 per broadcast just by simply directing people to this product. It's a method that I've now trademarked called the Turbo Opt-in Method. And this ended up resulting in about $11,000 in income with an overhead of, I think it cost me maybe $55 to, to produce this video, get it uploaded and pay for all the hosting software. And it was at that point when I said, okay, this thing has some legs. Uh, let, let me go ahead and take off and make it happen. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. Especially when you talk about that price point, $12.99. And that manifested into $11,000 just by you continuing to get on there, go live, and then point people to the place where they can get more information from you. Absolutely. And I, and I also love that you trademarked that. When did you decide to do that? Turbo opt-in? Yeah. So my husband's an attorney. So um, everything I do and coming from the corporate business world, everything I do, I try to make sure it's on the up and up. So, you know, I operate under an LLC. I have DBAs doing business as names for my different brands. And then my uh, signature course, 1K in one day is absolutely trademarked. Um, and the reason why is because I am teaching proprietary systems. I mean, yes, there's nothing new under the sun, but the way that I pull it together, the way that I teach it, 
and the way that it accelerates people's revenue growth is signature and proprietary. So I got it trademarked and the U.S. government stands behind me that it is indeed, as I said, you keep it official, keep it official around here Act like a business if you want to get paid like one. Exactly. <laughs> and that, you know, I'm going to circle back in the end about this business model that you have and some of the ways that you distinguish yourself and you're actually a powerhouse and not just someone who's, you know, spewing videos and Instagram memes. So you have one of the most infamous I quit moments. You said it before, but, you know, let's touch on this for a second because I think it is so crazy having just quit myself to have quit live on Periscope. What went into your decision to quit and how long had you side hustled at that point? Sure. So I'd been side hustling for about five years at that point. So I'd had my um, natural hair blog. It was generating revenue. Um, my side hu hustle was totally and completely debt free, meaning I had all the tools and resources, laptops, devices, software, things of that sort. And it had all been paid for through income that was generated through my business. Um, by the time of my quit day, I had generated that $11,000 in revenue. And I also had a working and profitable business model that was adding up on my profit and loss statement as um entirely in the black with amazing margins over 30%. So I was like, you know, in any other business, sure, my numbers aren't in the multi-million, multi-six-figure range, but I did have something that was sustainable and it was built off of several streams of income, meaning I wasn't just in that launch feast or famine mode. So a lot of people quit their jobs because they have one big launch or one huge product sale and they suddenly feel like, hey, I have money in the bank, now's the time to quit. But the truth is, if that process and that model isn't something you can replicate, then you actually aren't really ready to quit because you don't have additional ways to generate revenue. You, you've only possibly gotten lucky once and that's kind of risky. So I'd been testing this out over the course of five years, you know, extracting strategies that I was using in corporate America through sales, through, um, you know, directing people to product and then applying them on a smaller scale within my own business. And uh, once I tested those out and started documenting it online to gain a following and then finally generating revenue, I knew it was time to quit. I didn't plan to do it online, but um, it just felt honest and in integrity with um, sharing the rest of my journey. People deserve to see that part as well. So how much of your techniques do you think you learned from corporate versus just doing it on your own as you side hustled and, you know, learning on the go? So I think that it's one of those things where building a business is is something that is pretty standard. You know, it's, um, you know, Walmart started on Main Street and, you know, Walmart doesn't run that differently from a PepsiCo or that differently from a Google. And um, oftentimes as entrepreneurs, we think that we can kind of hop, skip past those things. Um, some of the fundamentals like servicing our clients well and, and having a quality product and making sure to be present in our business and handling things with precision. I mean, those are all foundational elements that every single business shares. So, so a lot of that I took from corporate where I had the fun and the excitement and where I find the joy is that I'm able to tailor it based on this world because, you know, the online business world, the virtual business world, having a um, full-fledged consulting firm that doesn't have, you know, a million offices across the nation is new. You know, that's, people haven't done that because it just flat out didn't exist before. So that's been the fun journey part of it is just kind of seeing how I can translate those corporate things into the regular world. But um, business foundations are business foundations. So I'd say a lot of it is, is the same old, same old that still seems to work every single day. So how did you feel the next day? Like, did you have any moments of like terror or was it just excitement? Oh my like, gosh, wow. I had like immediate <laughs> terror the next day. Are you kidding me? Like in the moment, it's super exciting. You know, there's that surge, there's that relief, there's that joy. But the next day I was standing in my kitchen holding a cup of coffee and crying because I didn't know what to do, which sounds crazy. I mean, I had plenty to do, but I just realized that 
it was just everything's different now, you know, and that I, I was self-directed and things weren't planned and structured for me and that it was just the beginning. You know, it was kind of like this huge peak. And then it was like, OK, you did that. Now what? Right. And the now what isn't going to come from anyone else. It comes from you. You need to be planned, prepared and ready to execute. And there's no time. Every check that you want, every dollar you make is going to be on your own back and no one else's. So, you know, I felt like I needed a vacation, but I also realized, oh, my gosh, I have to work. You know, like yes. I don't get a break from my previous job. There's no time in between my two week notice and the next one. This is me just doing it myself. So yep. that fear was real, but it didn't settle in too long. And it did help me. Um, and I did get out of it and keep going. And I still have fear moments. I, I was talking about it live online the other day that I woke up and um, I, I'd had a dream, like a nightmare that I was still working in corporate. And I would have to tell my husband that they're like laying me off or something. And, and I wasn't sure if my side hustle was profitable enough. And I was like, so terrified about it. And I woke up and I was like, wait a minute, like I've, I haven't had a standard job in three years. What am I talking about? You know, but it was like, <laughs> And I've never been laid off before either. So I was like, I don't even know where that came from. Yeah. But, you know, it, it still happens. You know, the the anxiety, not the anxiety, but the uh, awareness that you're doing it differently. And, you know, the excitement of getting to ride it your own way. But the fear of knowing that you're following an uncharted path. I'm so glad you said that. And you also brought up the whole idea of replicating and knowing that you can replicate your success. So at that point, it seems, again, correct me if I'm wrong, that it wasn't so much that you're like, okay, I've saved up X amount. Now I'm ready. It was, I have created these revenue streams. I can replicate each of them over and over again. And I did this launch. I know that I can do it again. It's tough. Was that kind of your story? I mean, that's part of it is like, obviously you want to make sure that your business is something where you can count on at least a certain amount of revenue being something that you can replicate consistently without too much concern. So that was part of my testing model. Like, is this something that I know I can sustain? And then over how many income streams, meaning not just through, you know, one-to-one -one coaching, not just through selling an online course, not just through selling a couple of books, you know, or if you're product-based, not just through, if you're, if you're able to sell a ton of jars of body butter at Christmas time, you know, can you still do the same thing in June? You know, so, so making sure that it's your, your monetary amount, you know, a stable amount of revenue is going to come in. But the other side of it was also making sure that my results were replicable for other people. So uh, all along the way I was beta testing, you know, if I'm going to be teaching people how I did it, I need to make sure they can get those results too. And I think too many times people will be really excited about a product or an offering that they have. And, and it's great that it worked for them, but they aren't counting for their unique circumstances, other privileges or opportunities that they may have had. And they're teaching things that can't be replicated or even if they can be replicated, not to the same level of results. So I, I, I did that too. I just wanted to make sure that I had a solid testimonial and client base, a lot of data to support my skills and that, you know, everything did indeed work before I started selling it, you know, cause um, I want my business to be here for the long run. So my product's got to be top notch. Right. Now let's talk about what you did. Once you came out of your like freak out moment with your coffee, how did you move forward after your quit day? Oh, sure. I mean, all those things were already in play. Um, I had interviews, I had blog posts. I mean, I just, there was a whirlwind of things that, that were already set up. It was part of why I had to quit and I couldn't give a two week notice. I was slated to be in Tennessee on a natural hair blog contract the next day. And then I also had like other interviews and things like that. So, I mean, even if I wanted to stand and putter around my kitchen for a little longer, I like didn't have time to be in my feelings like that, you know, cause I was like, <laughs> people expect me to be places. So, I mean, I, I kept it moving, but 
I'd like to say I followed, you know, what I did for corporations where you start off by, you know, executing your product on a small scale. So I knew that I had journeys and transformations I wanted to take people through. And the way that I was going to teach that was through an online course. Um, so I, I started with a small beta group of that that was launched probably within 30 days after I quit my job, but it was very small scale, very low, very low price, very high value and high customer service touch. And then, um, you know, once I took people through that experience, I knew that it was ready to modify. Too often people think that the product has to be perfect when you start, but the last phase of any sort of product creation process is, is actually launching it so you can get evaluation on how it works. So after I kind of went through that first part, and I think my, my first launch was 53000 and um, so it did pretty well, but then I went ahead and I, I invested a lot of that money back into it and into my business to refining and improving the product. So at this point, that product 1K1 Day has been through seven iterations, seven versions of it in seven different classes. But now it's, you know, a half million to a million dollar product, depending on the size of launch that I do. But it didn't start that way. And it is only one stream of income for my business. But yeah, so that was kind of where I started was, hey, I need to really improve upon what I have now and develop it further. And then over the past few years, it's been about optimization over expansion. I think too often people kind of do it and then move on to the next thing. And it's it's not been that. It's been diving deep and building my core base and serving them well. Okay. You mentioned this was a beta launch, mm-hmm. but then also mentioned $53,000. So yeah. <laughs> for most people, Nicole, that is not how their first launch will go, right? So sure. talk to us about how can people learn how to have a really successful launch? Like, is this what you teach in, you know, 1K one day? Uh, No, actually 1K One Day is not about like launching or building a fan base or social media whatsoever. And I always like to make that really clear because um, I focus on, I don't want to say I stay in my lane, but I know what I do well. And what I do well is I, I set people up with the business foundations. I take them down to doing the basics correctly. Even if you're new, even if you're you feel like you've been in business for 10 years, but you haven't um, generated the revenue you should generate, odds are there are gaps in the beginning. So I, I take people back to move them forward and I treat them like a corporation. So I fill in those gaps first. And then after that, um, we talk about what to do to, you know, input the things that make you monetizable. Um, so that said, when it came to my launch, a lot of it was because I was, I don't want to say grassroots, but I had no problem getting down on ground level and doing the work. So it meant you know, I launched live and I, I didn't have an email list at the time. So I was directing my audience using the turbo opt-in method, which I do teach in my course, showing people how to direct them to the product, but also offering them very high value and building up that trust factor live and virtually so that they're willing to invest in my product. I also made a point of, you know, reaching out to people individually. So I answered all of my emails personally and I picked up the phone and called people. If they said, hey, I'm interested in your beta launch. What is this about? You know, I would call them and talk to them about it. You know, it was like, I mean, I, I was completely a real person, you know, and then, and then I served like crazy. That was a huge part of it. A lot of people think once you collect the money that it's over and it's not, you know, once the funds come in, that's when the real work actually starts. You have to serve these people or else you aren't going to have a second launch. And my second launch was 175K and I did that about two months later, but I was only able to have an even more successful launch because it was on the backs of the testimonials of my students in my first beta cycle, a lot of which are still with me to this day. Um, So, you know, and several of which, you know, have launched their own businesses to the multi six figures and million dollar marks. So, yeah, so I know that that sounds like a really big launch, but, you know, there was a lot of work that went into it. Yeah, that's excellent. You talk about in your bio, you've built a million dollar business in one year. So what are the streams that led you to that one million mark? 
Sure, absolutely. So my, the streams that I follow are pretty consistent around most independently branded entrepreneurs as well as in corporations. So um, if you look at a company like Geico, they have life insurance, home insurance, boat insurance, auto insurance. You know, they're in a lot of different areas, you know, as being profitable. So for me, I've got retail. Um, I have a t-shirt collection that does pretty well. I do speaking engagements and public appearances, hosting and emceeing, and so that pays very well. Um, I do affiliate relationships, meaning I promote products of, at this point, it's only three of my peers that I, you know, co-sign and direct my audience to. I don't I don't just sell anything for anyone, um, you know, but my, three of my peers, I think, offer compatible products that are beneficial for my audience. I will promote their items. I also represent three software companies that I use in my business as an affiliate as well. So that brings me in revenue. Oh, I also have a membership group that does a million dollars annual. So that member group is, you know, monthly recurring income. My course itself, I have my primary course, 1K in one day. I also have a secondary course called Fierce Clarity, which is like an introductory course to 1K one day. Those are both income streams. However, I consider courses to be a single income stream. And I also own a holding company uh, that does boutique venture capital investment. So I buy companies. um, I invest in those companies. I I play an advisory role. And then I also promote and uh, earn a return on their net profits. So I didn't have all of those things to start with, you know, Mm -hmm. but um, in the very beginning, you know, that's where I started. And as crazy as it sounds, making a million dollars is not that hard. It's only hard if you're trying to do it one way. And it's virtually impossible if someone's controlling your time, which is why you don't have millionaire nine to fivers. Right. Yeah, that sounds exhausting, but also, you know, amazing. I have a team like, yeah, I mean, under circumstances, am I doing any of this myself? I have several employees, several full-time employees. I have assistant. I have a house manager. I have an amazing husband. You know, I have three kids, but two of them are older, you know, so I'm not, um, I am not Superman. I am finite, you know, and I'm not doing this by myself. I'm also a woman of faith, so I've God on my side too. So I'm I'm really not doing this by myself. (laughs) When did you start to build upon all of these different streams? I know you couldn't have started out with one or even two at a time. So talk about that and talk about some of the ways that they feed into each other. Like is one program a funnel for the other program? Sure, sure. So I started out with um, three streams, actually. So I started out with retail, meaning I sold... um, just very easily journals um, and t-shirts. And I, that was something really easy to set up. I did it online. I use a print on demand provider, meaning um, I didn't have to keep any stock or products in my house. You know, once the orders came in, they were printed and mailed through a separate independent warehouse. Um, so I started off I, with that as one of my income streams, um, affiliate revenue. Uh, that is, uh, you know, I started off with affiliates through Amazon. So I would go on vacation, buy a couple of bathing suits that I was going to purchase anyways, but I would post and share those on Instagram and tell people where to buy them and and the product would sell out and I would get paid a portion of those sales. Um, I also had one-to-one coaching when I first started out, meaning I would take on independent clients and I would work with them to help build their business. And, um, you know, and when I ceased doing those one-to-one consulting because they're not of great use of my time, I was getting paid 1500 an hour, which is still less than my corporate rate or my business to business rate, but obviously quite lucrative. So that was an income stream that I employed. And then eventually I started my course. So I did all of those things before I even launched a course, um, partly because when you do things like one-to-one coaching and consulting, it allows you to um, really dive into the needs of an independent client and it allowed me to apply and tweak and test my models and determine also where the gaps really lay in a lot of people's businesses and their understanding around how business work, which allowed me to create a product like my online course that was most effective. So there is a reason behind that rhyme. 
And then I set up my course. And then after my course, I, you know, set up my member group so that those who, you know, completed my course but were looking for an expanded relationship would then have someplace to go. So yeah, some things will feed into other things. Some things are meant for people to be helped where they are. Got it. Now, it might seem just obvious now, but when you were first starting out, how did you know who your target audience was and where to find them, how to reach out to them? Sure. So, I mean, I was on live streaming. So what helped was people would show up, you know, because it's the internet, right? People are always hanging out looking for information. But then I would fine tune them using, you know, refined sales techniques, meaning I um, had to, you know, in my one-to-one consulting, I was able to pick, figure out who my um, my key avatars are, avatars being the people that you know are best suited and generate the most uh, growth from your offering. So um, very quickly, I, done, I identified three to five avatars for my business, three to five people that I knew were people that I, I really wanted to work with and also the people that would benefit the most. And I wrote them down in detail. So um, for, I mean, in detail down to like, they have names and personalities. So like, you know, there's Rebecca who is, you know, a 35 year old single mom who's looking to make extra revenue and trying to figure out exactly where to start. Knows that she has a passion for a business, but isn't quite sure what that is. Um, You know, and then I aligned them with products that I thought would be well suited for them. So once I had my avatars written out, it became very easy to create content that would also draw in those people. So my content online is all created with intention. So everything that I do when I go online or when I am, Um, you know, some of it's just fun stuff with my family. But for the most part, if I'm teaching something specific, it's to draw in more of the people that that speaks to because I have a product offering that will actually help them. Hey guys, here's a quick word from our sponsors. So it's January, which means you're probably still thinking about how you're going to make this year great. While most people have resolved to go on a diet, hit the gym, or call mom more often, I'm all about investing in learning new skills to make 2018 the best year yet. That's where our sponsor Skillshare comes in. Skillshare is an online learning platform with over 18,000 classes in business, marketing, entrepreneurship, technology, and much more. Whether you're trying to deepen your professional skill set, start a side hustle, or build your own business, Skillshare will keep you learning in 2018 and beyond. Check out some of the classes I've bookmarked, like how to build your perfect website with Squarespace or email marketing with MailChimp and much more. And just in time for the new year, Skillshare is offering Side Hustle Pro listeners a limited time offer of three months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash HustlePro99. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash HustlePro99 to get three months of Skillshare for only 99 cents. Act now for this special New Year's offer and start learning today. As side hustlers, we're in the business of turning our ideas into value. The thing is, we need time to cultivate fresh ideas, which is exactly where our sponsor FreshBooks can help. FreshBooks makes cloud accounting software for creative professionals that's so straightforward to use. You'll save hours every week and have more time to let your creativity flourish. If that's not enough incentive, The FreshBooks platform has been rebuilt from the ground up. They've taken simplicity and speed to an entirely new level and added powerful new features. I can't cover them all, but sending a branded invoice in under 30 seconds and enabling online payments in two clicks is a good place to start. There's also a new projects feature where you can invite employees or contractors to collaborate and easily share information, files, and updates. If you're listening to this and not using FreshBooks yet, now would be the time to try it. FreshBooks is offering an unrestricted 30-day free trial for all my listeners, no credit card required. 
All you have to do is go to freshbooks.com slash side hustle pro and enter side hustle pro in the how did you hear about us section. Now I'm going to get to what I wanted to circle back to, which is nowadays there's like a sea of business coaches, right? And sometimes they get a bad rap because there's so many people who have popped in and are kind of taking advantage of people. Mm -hmm. How do you distinguish yourself in that sea and make sure people understand that you are actually providing value? Sure. So, I mean, I think that part of it is providing the value up front. So, I mean, you can tune into my content every single day and there's actually a record of my revenue generation and my business growth from day one. Like people have seen me from before my quit day, you know? So even if you, uh, you know, thank goodness for the internet, if people are really curious, they can go back and Google, you know, from my very first video and see, you know, back when I was a blogger up until now, I've got people that have followed me from national cold days, you know, where I didn't even have kids and it was just me and my husband. So that's something I've had that's really worked to my benefit because people have said like, look, I remember when I met you at, you know, at an event and you were there handing out, you you know, flyers for people to come to see your business or people who said, I met you at a farmer's market in Baltimore City where you were chatting people up and taking photos for your blog. And so they've seen the work that's gone into this process. So they know it isn't overnight. Um, The other side of it is, you know, as a professional, I have a LinkedIn. You know, if you go to my LinkedIn, you can actually see all of my credentials, my business background. You can see recommendations for my, you know, industry peers in addition to the corporate professionals and executives I've worked with. And that provides additional credibility. Um, And I think the most important thing outside of, you know, documenting the journey online and then obviously having, you know, that that additional credibility from LinkedIn. It's the fact that I, you know, I have testimonials. There are people who can speak to the work that I've done. I have students that are successes and generating revenue now that is competitive with my own. And um, and I have people who can speak to, you know, my integrity and the fact that, uh, you know, even after you get behind the door, which I think is is the big turning point for most online coaches, consultants, and business owners is that, you know, everybody presents shininess beforehand, but when you get behind the door, is everything as it seems. And I'm blessed because I have thousands of students who can actually testify that, yeah, you know, it really is, and if not much more. And I think that comes from the service-focused model, and that comes from uh, the fact that I answer to something higher than the dollar, and that is, you know, my God and my faith and my purpose and, um, and my family, you know. So I think that if people are really looking to distinguish themselves, they don't need to worry so much about doing some weird trick or doing something snazzy on video or some wild outlandish viral thing. You don't have to do all that. You just have to serve well, serve with integrity, and even if it's just one person who shows up, give them your all and your best because that person will magnify by word of mouth and by their personal success into more wins. And I love on your website that you have your about link and then you have receipts. <laughs> right, right, right. That's listen, like receipts, okay? Like, receipts. Y'all can go like, check that out. You can just scroll through if you want to read them, you know, but I've got testimonials for days, you know? Exactly. So, it is the truth. I mean, I I'm pretty confident in what I do. Um, It doesn't mean that I never have a moment of weakness or I never battle with imposter syndrome and wondering like, am I good enough? Is this good enough? But yeah, I have receipts there just because people sometimes just need to see for themselves, you know, like did this work for anybody else? And, um, you know, it, it helps, you know, I think everyone should have testimonials on their page if they, if they have them. I might have to steal that receipts. <laughs> All righty. So listening to you and seeing your success, even as someone who I remember meeting you not too long after you quit and it's been amazing to watch your journey, but sometimes it can be easy to overlook any fumbles and mistakes. So what are some of the things that didn't go so well? 
Sure. Oh my gosh. Well, it make no mistakes. Every day is a battle. So like there are things that I've learned year over year about what entrepreneurship really is like. And for me, I've been blessed. The financial part of it and the structure of the business part has not been hard for me because I come from corporate. If I can play with, you know, multi-billionaire dollars, I can definitely play with, you know, a couple of dollars here and there. And I don't have the same fear around money that a lot of people have when they're getting into this space. Um, however, the part that has been the challenge is this mindset part. And I tell you, I used to be one of those people who's like, ah, self-help mindset, I got this, you know? Like I used to think that it was, it was something that I didn't have to exercise as much as a, you know, a muscle or my body, but it is Uh, just staying in this game and believing you can actually do it. And, you know, taking those losses on the chin and, and knowing that you can still move forward and losses, meaning like, um, things like I, uh, will have a launch, you know, and I'll pay a launch manager. I just had a launch not too long ago where I paid a launch manager $60,000, you know, to, to help with, you know, some of my Facebook ad court, you know, coordination, some of my landing page creation, things like that, which is, you know, industry standard, that sum is not crazy. Um, It's just, I didn't, you know, once it was all said and done and I assessed the person's work, I just didn't feel like they were worth it. Like I felt like they were worth about 30,000. And, um, you know, so I chalked it up as a $30,000 learning lesson, you know, and fortunately my business is structured so I can absorb that expense, but I'm also, um, and, you know, definitely wasn't a financial loss for me, but personally, I think that that could have been a tighter win. And those are the things that you just, um, you just learn in business to, to take on the chin, keep moving, um, learn from that experience and then keep it pushing. And um, I do deal with those every day. I recently lost 53 pounds. Um, and that was because I wanted more hours in my day. And I realized that the truth was after hearing from my mentors and other people that I wasn't using my day, my hours that I had most effectively because I wasn't fueling my body properly. So I was fatigued partway through the day and not accomplishing anywhere near what I could have been accomplishing because my body just couldn't keep up with me. So um, I had to do the work to make it happen. And those are in entrepreneurship, you're going to have a million of those little moments. And the question is, will you rise and act and create change? Or will you let those moments get the best of you? And every day you have to decide to to triumph. I'm glad you brought up the weight loss, because first of all, kudos to you. That's awesome. I know it's not easy. And second, it's something that it's not often talked about with entrepreneurship. Like you have to learn how to take care of yourself in a whole new way. Like you take for granted how much you're actually moving when you have to commute and go to work. And then all of a sudden you're sitting and you might be sitting for hours and not even realize it. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And not just that, but I took for granted the type of stamina and work that was required for me to be able to actually function on, um, on like a stage and with my travel schedule. So I'm leaving for, um, for Seattle on Thursday and I'll be there for four days. Then I'll get home. I'll be home for two days. Then I'm leaving for Miami for a business meeting that that's 24 hours. Then I'll be home for two days and I'm going to Myrtle beach for a speaking engagement for three days. Then I'll be back for 24 hours and I'm going to Nashville for five days. Wow. Um, and then I'll be back for 24 hours and I'm going to Cancun for six days on business. So this is just my first 30 days of January. So <laughs> <laughs> there is literally no way that I could keep up with that schedule and um, eat McDonald's all the time and drink soda. It just, my body physically could not keep up with that. And if I am sitting out here praying every day for God to give me, you know, a full plate, you know, my job is to make sure that I don't complain when he finally does and that I show up and I'm ready to capitalize on that opportunity. And, um, you know, I was able to show up, but I was just, my time at home wasn't even as valuable with my children because when I got home, I was tired, you know, so I have to make the most of, um, 
of the opportunities I have while I have them. And, and the way I can do that is by, by being physically fit. So, um, so I've been very excited. I've been very excited to, to create this change in my life and I'm able to witness those areas and see them a lot quicker than I have before. When I first started entrepreneurship, weight loss was so, so low on the list. And now it's, you know, much, much higher because, um, you know, I finally got to the place where I was like, oh, I can do this. So speaking of that stamina and the opportunities, what I noticed about you, Nicole, is, okay, so you are a speaker now, you're on the road, but you didn't just go to any conference. Like you are at the heavy hitting conferences for entrepreneurs. Talk to us about that. How did you break into those circles? Sure. So, I mean, a, a huge part of it was I pitched myself. Um, closed mouths don't get fed. And for me, you know, one of the big things was that I absolutely 100% got out there and I asked to be included because the attitude that I've always had in my business is that I'm the best thing you've never known about. You know, I, I know what I have to offer. I know that I have receipts behind it. I know that I'm willing to do the work and, um, I have to believe that myself, like I'm awkward, I'm a hot mess, you know, but I also know that if you give me the opportunity that I am going to show up and I'm going to show out and, and you'll be glad that you did. So if people haven't heard of me, then it's my job to tell them so that they can have a great event too. So, um, you know, for example, I've, I've had the opportunity to speak at several speaking engagements alongside like Dave Ramsey and his crew and being able to speak at events like that as a keynote speaker has been just an amazing opportunity, but it was an opportunity, you know, several months, if not a year in the making, I pitched them once and they were like, we don't know who you are, you know, no. And, um, and I kept pitching them and it took eight months before I could actually get on their stage. And when I first got on their stage, it was like in a, in a breakout session. And then after that, you know, they were like, you were so great. We'd like to have you continue to partner with us on additional products, you know, and, and come on our tour and things like that. But you know, I did have to let them know I existed, you know, and I think that too often we kind of think that if we just create a, so, a pretty social media profile, that that'll be sufficient. People will come to us. And, th and that's just one of the biggest things that misconceptions in this space, uh, you have to tell people that you're out there, that you exist. And then when you get the opportunity, that doesn't mean you made it. That doesn't mean that you're someone I will, from the, from the very first gig that I was doing in a church with, you know, 30 elders, you know, and I'm talking to them about how to make their church more profitable by, letting, <laughs> you know, social media, right. You know, like those very first gigs, you know, to, to the day that I, you know, sit across from Oprah, you know, on super soul Sunday, or the day that I am on Ellen talking about, you know, my best selling book, you know, when those days come, I'm still going to show up there and I'm going to slay and I'm going to do the best work that I can do. Um, because you have to give your best in every opportunity because if you're only as good as your last opportunity. Oh, amen to that. And I love, too, that you talk about pitching yourself over and over again, like pushing past that ego and that humility oh, yeah. and having that humility to say, OK, they don't oh, no, know. I'm who terrified. I yeah. No, make no mistake. I'm terrified and make no mistake. When I show up, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I really can't mess this up. Like, I'm scared. Like, there is no there is no confusion that I am absolutely like terrified in these moments. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not sitting around thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, I'm so awesome. I'm so great. I'm so perfect. I'm sitting there thinking oh boy, I have to give my best because this person thinks that I'm great. So mm -hmm. I better, I better be all the things that I said I was going to be, yep. you know what I mean? And I just, I cannot, I cannot slack. So, so it's just one of those things, you know, it's, you not fake it till you make it, but, you know, believe it until it's true, right. you know? And, um, and, and that's what I, that's what I've been doing and it works. It actually works. I love that. Believe it until it's true. Okay. So two more questions before we jump into the lightning round. Number one, you know, something I find very unique about you is your ability to weave in your family and personal content and somehow it, it just works for your brand. But how do you balance privacy and transparency with your audience? 
Sure. So, I mean, part of it is I live a life that I don't need to feel like I have to protect in, in some ways. Um, meaning I, I try not to do things in my life that I don't feel like people can know about, you know, that kind of helps just to begin with. Um, and, you know, so like my kids are dope and all that good stuff. So I have no problem kind of being out there and being like, these are my kids. You know what I mean? Like that sort of thing. Um, but what I do to protect the privacy in general is, you know, there are some elements of my kids' stories that I definitely keep to themselves. You know, um, my, I, for your listeners who may not be aware, I've adopted my three kids from foster care. So I don't share every aspect of their life and every aspect of their story because that's their story to share. And they have a right to share that in what works best for them. So there's that. Um, the other element of it is, you know, I, I do have designated like family time. The camera's not always on. But for the most part, I share everything. I don't really think I keep too, too much private, especially when it comes to my business. I'm very candid. And um, and it's because people learn from the mistakes too. And there's no reason to be embarrassed about that because odds are most people have gone through it, right? Or most people have made those mistakes. Um, and if not, you know, people really appreciate the fact that you share so that they don't have to make those mistakes. So yeah, I 100% can can say that I appreciate that. You know, people are always like, how do you balance the transparency? But the truth is, I just I just kind of put it all out there. And then, <laughs> you know what I mean? And like people who love it are going to be there. And people who don't, they're going to get out of the car. And that's yeah. okay. Okay, so what's your take on Instagram versus Periscope versus Facebook for 2018? Where are you spending your energy? And do you talk about different things on each channel? Sure, sure. So I don't think that it's a, um, and I think that this is something that, you know, at least in my opinion, I don't believe that it's a either or type of world. And I also don't believe that there's one thing that's cooler than the other. Without a doubt, I think that you should go where your people are. So, I mean, if you are looking for a younger audience, it makes sense to be on Snapchat because statistically that's where the demographic is. If you're looking for an older audience, it makes sense to be on Facebook because that's where the demographic is. Um, however, that's only if you're starting fresh. Now, for me, I started on Periscope and Periscope, you know, is a great platform for me because every time I go live, people still show up. And for as long as people keep showing up, I will keep showing up. Um, and it just makes sense for me in my business. Um, I also am on Facebook Live uh, pretty frequently and I repost my content there as well. Um, and Instagram Live, I just like live video personally. So that's where I spend most of my time. Um, there isn't any particular science behind if I think one is better than the other. I often will save down my videos from Periscope and Instagram Live and repost them onto my Facebook page. Um, I only go live for my Facebook page if I have something that I think 130,000 people need to hear right away. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't, you know? And uh, what's great is because I respect their time in that capacity, the, when I do that, people show up. Uh, so I don't have to fight for an audience in that way. The other side of it is that, you know, I'm also a really big believer in putting my content in the right place. So Periscope, you'll catch like probably a lighter side of me, something more family stuff, more casual and laid back. I'll probably scope for my bathroom or on the road. Um, on Facebook, it'll probably catch more of a teaching side if I have something that really needs to be like carefully illustrated, just because you never know where Facebook video is going to go um, because it's it's sort of a wider reach of people than say Periscope or Instagram, depending on the platform. So, um, so the, yes, there is some intentionality behind it, but at the end of the day, what matters is that you're actually leveraging your internet and you're actually going out there and doing the work. And um, if you do those things, odds are the people will follow. Alrighty. So now we're going to transition to the lightning round. You know the deal. You basically just answer the first thing that comes to mind. Number one, what's a resource that has helped you in your business that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience? Oh my gosh, I love Slack. If um if you are looking for a tech Thing. Slack is like a instant messenger type platform and it's free. So I highly recommend it for everyone. It's great for team management. It's great for clients. All righty. Number two, what's a personal habit that has helped you significantly in your business? 
note-taking. I've always been a person who writes stuff down. It's it's just helpful. Like I carry around a leather-bound journal with me everywhere because I'll get ideas, you know, walking through a target. So note-taking. And what's the best book or podcast episode or live event that you've read or been to lately? Oh my gosh. Um, so the best book that I've read is The Storyteller's Secret by Carmine Gallo. Um, it's just great because they talk about the importance of storytelling in your business. And it's one of the things I think I've been fortunate enough to do well. If you tell a great story, then people will connect with you and find a place that they want to, you know, work with you. And so that is easily one of the most transformative books outside of, you know, the usuals like Think and Grow Rich, you know, by Napoleon Hill and things like that. But uh, the book that I'm most looking forward to isn't even out yet, but it's available for pre-order on Amazon. And it's by Catherine Hoke, H-O-K-E. And it's called A Second Chance. And it's about her work as a founder and CEO of Defy Ventures, where she is teaching people who are are felons and people who came out in and out of profit um, how to become entrepreneurs because they have so many problems getting hired. But these people are still very effective and very capable of, of doing so much in this world. And I think that a lot of us sometimes have a hard time finding a second chance for ourselves. And, um, you know, Cat Hoke has managed to find it for so many. So A Second Chance is her new book that's coming out soon. And I'm super excited to read it. Number four. How does one break into and stand out in the business coaching and development space? Um, I think you can stand out by doing exceptional work. If people are wondering what can you do to truly get ahead and to truly um, make a name for yourself, it's to serve better than anyone else. You're better off having a thousand true fans that'll buy dirty tap water from you because of how great you are at serving than you are having a hundred thousand people that you have to fight to keep. All righty. Finally, number five, as the monetize thyself income strategist, what is your parting advice for fellow women entrepreneurs who want to be their own boss, but are worried about losing a steady paycheck? Um, go ahead and start today. Have a side hustle. Test out your theories. Test out your models. And if you let go of the idea that you have to leave a paycheck and start thinking of it as you are hiring yourself, uh, it's a lot less scary to realize that you're not just leaving something that doesn't serve you, but you are going to a place that you've built and that is meant for you. I love that. That is the perfect note to end on. Hire yourself. So what's the best way that we can connect with you after this episode? Absolutely. If anyone's looking to get in touch, you can find me all over social media at natural Nicole, N-A-P-T-U-R-A-L, Nicole, or you can just head over to NicoleWalters.tv. Thank you so much for joining us in the guest chair today, Nicole. This was so much fun. Thanks for having me. All righty. There you have it. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you want to hear more from me, head on over to sidehustlepro.co forward slash side hustle corner to get my weekly side hustle diaries chronicles about my own journey from passion project to profitable business. And if you want to find me online, I'm at side hustle pro on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Don't forget to join the side hustle pro Facebook community. Go to sidehustlepro.co forward slash mastermind. And as always, if you love the show, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week.